Hey there, humanoids. This is David Shoemaker here with a very exciting announcement. Your favorite wrestling podcast feed, The Ringer Wrestling Show, is now going daily. And you can hang out with me and Kaz on Mondays and Thursdays for The Masked Man Show. And you can join me, Peter Rosenberg, alongside stack guy Greg and Dip every Tuesday with Cheap Heat. And on Fridays, I'll welcome a friend or special guest from the world of wrestling. And on Wednesdays, we have a very special new show called Wednesday Worldwide that you're going to want to check out. Pay-per-view reaction, one-of-a-kind interviews, fantasy booking, talking about bagels. That's what we do here on the Ringer Wrestling Show. Follow the show now on Spotify and do us a favor. Give us five stars. And do us another favor and uh, stay mage. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rollin' presented by FanDuel. Major season is here and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets, download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S, IAN.com at Lassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hello, friends, and welcome to this golf show unlike any other. Oh, yes, my friends, we have done it. This is a Masters Recap Edition of Fairway Rollin! A golf show on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House, joined by my incomparable accomplice, PGA Tour correspondent, our literal boots on the ground, Nathan Hubbard. It's a two ball, and we have so much to cover about this glorious Masters that just wrapped up. The pegs are in the ground. Let's get swinging. Nate Dog, how you doing, Bubba? I mean, I hope people are listening because we did good on this one, House. We did good. Good job by you. With one notable, glaring Mickelson esque <laughs> exception, great job. By us I'm, on seeing I'm, what was happening. I'm happy to live with it. I'm, I'm kind of like, fine. I, that, that's not a you're, pun. You're that I'm happy, happy to, to live with, with it. it. I am. But look, sometimes the easy answer, the somewhat obvious answer is the right answer. It was John yes. Rahm. We've been talking about him for weeks. We went through it with our buddy Justin Ray on the Monday preview show. Hope everybody heard it and saw it. And there was unanimity amongst our crew. We couldn't come up with a reason to fade John Rahm. Uh, and the one thing that really clinched it for us as we sized it up coming into the week was Justin Ray's observation that there was weird variance around his success in approach uh, pre in previous Masters editions. He cleaned that up. In fact, uh, we're going to do um, only a handful of these, but you know, from, from Justin Ray himself, the uh, opening round that, that Rom had featured uh, a combination of fairways hit and greens hit that has only been accomplished by one other player since 1990. Every, in terms of, every the, of fairway, the accuracy. 
every fairway and 17 greens, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, he, he, he was just incredible. He was fifth on approach in the first round. The second was a weird one. He was only 40th. But round three, again, same thing. It was a little weird. Round four, seventh. But on for the event, he was sixth on approach, second off the tee, first tee to green. That's kind of what gets it done here, isn't it? He fit every one of the uh, parameters for past winners. So it made it, you know, kind of easy. He fit squarely within it when you look at all of the the sort of uh, uh, indicators of, of likely success at the Masters. And it is now his fourth win of the calendar year, which has only been done by two other guys um, over the last 50 years, Scotty Scheffler and I think maybe Jack was the other one. Um, so he is in rarefied air. He's the first European in history, in the, in the history of professional golf to win both the U S open and the masters. It's been done by folks of other walk, other nationalities, but never by a European. I, I I'm kind of shocked to, to hear that and process it, but it, 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 it's a, it's a Justin Ray fact. So that means it's a, it's a true fact. Um, I mean, I think, I think, well, and yet I want you to get to the end yet, but don't, don't overlook the fact that two of those three other wins were in these elevated events, Kapalua and Riviera, uh, Riviera in particular being just a world-class golf course against the best fields that can possibly exist on the PGA tour. So this is, this is a, an historic win and watching him walk off that 18th green house, it just felt like he deserved it. It felt like John Rahm should be in a jacket, didn't it? It felt absolutely correct. I love that Jose Maria Olathabal came down to give him a hug. John Rahm said in his Butler Cabin interview that they, 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 they chatted for another 10 seconds. They both would have been in tears. There has been this observation, this recognition of... of all of the connections to Seve, uh, this date, it happens to be Seve's birthday. Seve won his second Masters 40 years ago. Uh, Sergio Garcia won on April the 9th. I mean, there's a, uh, in 2017, it was John Rahm's first start in 2017. Yes, a bunch of cosmic alignment. The but yet that I was going to share, <laughs> he didn't. He he didn't have the lead in this golf tournament until this afternoon. I mean, well, we're not going to talk about. I mean, he shared the lead, you know, Thursday, but yes, he didn't know that that since, since the end of the day Thursday until this afternoon, he was not in charge, date dog. But we spoke about this earlier in the week on the pod on both Fairway Roll and on the Bill Simmons podcast. The weather was going to create the chaos. And indeed it did. He was tied for the lead coming out of Thursday. And then it was bonkers until this morning. And it wasn't really until this morning where you felt like they're on a level playing field for the first time. And as soon as they got, there was over two strokes difference between the late early and early late because of the weather. Rom got basically a two-shot penalty just by virtue of the draw. And that's to take nothing away from Brooks Kepka, who I think comes out of this week a big winner, a very big winner. But uh, but Rom, as soon as he got on the level playing field, playing the same course at the same time with his his adversary, it just never really felt in doubt, did it, House? It felt methodical. It felt like he he sized it up, and the thing that that was the noteworthy difference to me was the quality of the striking of the golf ball, the, mm. the consistency off the tee, John Rom's comfort in moving the ball both ways, hitting the shots that, that were called for. He really never looked uncomfortable to me uh, no. in a he way got that, loose. that he got loose. He got, don't, he did. Don't, it's true. He got loose, yep. but he didn't get uncomfortable. Did he? Yes. That, that, that's the difference. Where, on the other hand, our buddy Bruce Kepka did get uncomfortable, and he ended up shooting 10 shots worse than Phil Mickelson in his final round. Phil Mickelson shot a 65. Brooks Kepka shot a 75. 
one thing that we absolutely positively must note in connection with that dramatic difference in, in outcomes. And I think a real contributing factor to Brooks's, um, you know, inability to, to just tighten it up. He likes to play fast. Yes. And he wasn't this, able it, to one, do you're so. You're just looking for another reason to blame Patrick Cantlay for something. I get it. Why can't I? Well, why why can't can, I? You can. And it was interesting in Brooks's gracious post-round interview with our friend Amanda. He put a lot of blame on bad breaks. He didn't totally say, I mean, he was classy and said, hey, it feels so good to be here. I'm so excited to be here. He was not entirely comfortable taking ownership of it. Uh, and I think he's probably swallowed the Cantlay thing. I mean, there were enough comments from the CBS crew and enough sort of quiet shots of those two guys in in Rom and in in Brooks on the tee boxes. They were going nuts. <laughs> it seemed like it, didn't it? They were waiting and waiting and waiting. And every time they show a Patrick Cantlay putting process, I, you know, we say, oh, but here we go. Set aside 20 minutes. He'll, he'll hit this putt. Just just hold on. Hold on. He's got to pad his feet three times. He shot three over. And then he's got to look at it. And then he's got to lick his lips, and he's got to pad his feet another five times. It, it was but a lot. here's the thing. As we assessed at the beginning of the week, you know, there was some conversation. I had an exchange, in fact, with our beloved Verno's producer, John Roser, who is an active participant in Verno's uh, incomparable Masters Update tradition. It's Rosie and Verno. Rosie's up in the booth. That's what's going on at Augusta. Rosie hit me up on the Twitter machine, and he's like, "Hey, look at these Brooks Kepka odds." And yeah. you know, and 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 they were pretty juicy. He said, "You know what? We you got to allocate a little bit, how? Um, because those we those odds him. are appealing." Yeah, he looked incredible on Wednesday. His he looked fit, but not just fit. You can see, and you don't have to be a golf maniac to get, you don't have to understand in the slow-mo cams where Imamon is breaking down, look at how he transfers his weight to his left foot. Like you don't have to understand what he's talking about to just look at a guy being an athlete and know that Brooks has not had that in him. If you've watched him before, he looked good hitting the golf ball. We knew, we said it Wednesday night, Two people we saw on that course were playing better than we expected because physically they looked great. And it was Brooks Kepka and Patrick Reed. And lo and behold, those two guys are in the top five. These are, these are true facts. Uh, the one thing that I noted to Rosie, the thing that worried me, is we haven't seen Brooks in a marathon situation. And yes. the way the, the week was sizing up weather-wise, it looked like we were going to get one of these marathons. Now, Honestly, if that it was like a the, problem, we would have been worried about Phil. <laughs> I, well, I lo- that's a whole nother conversation, and, and we will have we'll, to we'll at some there. point. We need we need some of his DNA so that somebody can break down what the hell is going on with him. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not calling for a drug test because I'm thrilled by the performance. But I just want to know legal? what what the chemistry is in that dude that produced that extraordinary performance. He really channeled some kind of uh, cerebral and physical connection to Augusta National. But I want to finish yes. the thought on, on on Brooks. Please do. It was the 30-hole marathon. It was a pretty benign marathon, honestly. The dude yes. got to sleep in his own bed, have a wonderful rest from Friday into Saturday. He knew that he wasn't going to play any golf until lunchtime Saturday. He got to plan it out, and then all he had to do was play six holes. So he wasn't really put out uncomfortable in any way shape or form and it's why he extended his lead from you know he went from from 12 under to 13 under and rom backed up a tiny bit to nine under coming into the true marathon which was today but as marathons go it was the weather looked great um there was some some wind a little bit but the the real sort of measure is the competitive golf over that stretch under those circumstances where a green jacket is waiting for you at the end of this if you can if you can ride the whole sucker out. And John Rahm was just a little bit better than than Brooks in terms of that task, right? Well, I, I think so. I, I do think we should contextualize Rahm's round because there were two guys who really stood out in the heat of competition, and that was Phil and Jordan. 
at seven and six under, respectively. Tagala had a just a super fun Tagala-esque five under round where he almost replicated the Tiger chip and just was so happy to be there. We know this guy's going to win a golf tournament. But then it's Brooks, at, or then it's Rom at three under, right? Brooks, on the other hand, shot like the bottom of the leaderboard. I mean, three over was a bad, bad score today. And we're not going to knock him too hard because it didn't feel like he was super off, but you could feel the nerves on that first tee as he blasted it so far left, it went through the trees and into the ninth fairway. And Nance's first comment of the day is basically, I'm not, I don't think I've ever seen anyone hit it that far left. So I, I, I just, I think <laughs> to, w- the, the, the performance of Rom you know, against the field really mattered here. And I get that, you know, down the stretch, it, it's not like he absolutely blistered the back, but I mean, he shot two under on the back and that's what you got to do on Sunday. Whereas Brooks just wasn't really able to kick it into gear. And, you know, it was cute for us to say that the number that Phil posted was going to scare Rom. It didn't scare Rom. It just didn't. He, he, he was, as you said, undeniably methodical. And when he made mistakes, he generally, he had a couple weird shaky par putts uh, this morning in the third round where you thought maybe he's not going to be able to handle this. But it felt like that opening tee shot from Brooks let some of the air out of the balloon for Rom, and he just went and did his assassin thing. And, you know, that's why he's wearing the green jacket. Well, that is interesting. I, I want to kind of complete the thought on that first hole because what Brooks did was go over to the ninth fairway. It has to be the ninth fairway, right? It's the ninth. Yes, it's the ninth. And hit a a beautiful five iron over the trees to pin high for a relatively routine two putt. And what John Rahm did from the middle of the fairway from 134 yards out or whatever it was, was fan one right into the bowl and, and, you know, have to chip up and save par. And on the first hole of the final round, with, yeah. you know, those two, that juxtaposition, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be some hand-to-hand combat. Now, what transpired was three pretty sloppy bogeys by Brooks on the front. Brooks didn't have his first birdie of the final round until the 13th hole. And that also looked kind of sloppy. But, yeah, you know, he made, a, he made a huge putt. Um, and, and it was, uh, you know, kind of impressive. And, and down the stretch, you know, he, he birdied... Um, both 15 and 16 to at least sort of give you an idea. But uh, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the, the Jordan and Phil thing, Jordan Spieth and, and, and Phil Mickelson and the scores that they posted. Rom said he took note of those. Rom said, yes. I, I think it created for him, uh, and I'll be interesting to see in the fullness of the interviews that are occurring right now as we're taping, if he elaborates at all on, on that point. But it sounded like he, he said, here's the floor. Yeah. If I beat those scores, then then I'm going to be good, right? I, I don't think he was worried in the big picture. I think he did what we hear time and time again. And in fairness to Trevor, Trevor Immelman, who I thought acquitted himself very well in his first year uh, in the official chair, but Immelman right out of the gate said, if I'm Rom, I'm picking a number and I'm thinking about that number and I'm focusing on it. And there was a point at which it sounds like Rom said, I just got to play even par from here. If I play even par from here, they can't catch me. I do think the most, you know, in the post-round interview, they asked him, when did you feel like you, you sort of took control of the tournament? He mentioned the birdie on eight, but there is, you got to go back, open the Masters app or go to masters.com, pull up the tee shot on 13. Because every other tee shot that John Rom hit this week was this power fade. He's been struggling with the driver. It's not really fair to say struggling because the guy's won three times before today. But to the extent to which he hasn't played his best golf, it's been a struggle with this new paradigm driver from Callaway, the Triple Diamond. He's made some changes to it to benefit this cut, which if you remember when DJ finally won the Masters, it was moving to the cut. But that hole with the changes... Because Tiger taught them all. Exactly. That hole with the changes backing it up 35 yards meant you have to hit a draw to be in the tournament. He steps up after four days of hitting it. Fade, 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 and hits a beautiful draw that puts him in the flat spot. And he makes birdie. It it wasn't as easy as it ought to have been, but he makes birdie. 
that drive, the tournament was over. It showed you this guy deserves to win it. He's got all the shots. He has the confidence to step up with a giant creek on the left in the lead and draw that ball in. That, that was an absolute dagger. Put the man suit on and then put the green jacket over it. It is a great call. And that was the thing that inspired the the confidence for for ROM backers, some of us holding uh, lucrative ROM tickets, that he was able to move the ball in that manner after we watch him hit cut after cut after cut. And really, he prefers the high fade on approach as well. Again, right out of the Tiger Woods playbook uh, and, and, and the lesson that he's taught all of us, Tiger I'm talking about, yeah. over the past 20 plus years. One thing I, I want to... Uh, talk about as it relates to sort of the overall arc of the tournament, there was some complaining from the peanut gallery about the fact that we had two guys going into the weekend with, uh, you know, double digit under par rounds did there where there was some quiet grumbling. Did they set the course up too easy on Thursday and, and Friday? Was it too uh, accommodating? Why were the greens? Well, I, I honestly, you, you really noticed on Thursday that they'd set it up to to go for it because they were worried about the weather. That's my conjecture. I have no idea. We didn't have an opportunity to sit down with the Greens Committee and run through their strategy with the pins. It's just the case that we watched with our own two eyes. Balls from on on, on the ten fairway. We sat right behind the rope on ten green and could watch those approach shots come in and. Balls that we might have expected to to hit and skid or move off the green, they held. There was moisture in those greens. There was yes. humidity in the air, and it, Bro- it led to ball. yeah, Brooks's ball that should have come back. Uh, was it thirteen uh, that that spun back and hung up in the morning in the in the rough that should have come back? I think it was fifteen. It hung up, fifteen, exactly fifteen. Yeah. Should have come back in. Uh, just like Freddie's on 12, whatever, 31 years ago, with the yeah. moisture, it hung in there, didn't it? Well, uh, the only thing that I'll say is we ended up with uh, a, a tournament victor, and this so often happens, that that was different from the guy who was 12 under on Friday, but the winning score was 12 under. Like, you yes. know, it, it it's all well and good. And, and w- once again, kudos to the green jackets of course they got it right of course they yes. had it set up thursday and friday knowing what the weather was going to be yes. you know they, they 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 couldn't anticipate you know the trees coming down there was probably they probably would have played more holes friday if those trees hadn't come down thank god um you there know there's a lot that, of pooling of water on those greens and we can talk about the telecast and the the absolute truman show that we got on on Saturday morning. Saturday. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and well, the I, I'm saying though, Friday, they probably would have kept playing a couple more I holes. After. Yes. They suspended yes. play. They, yes. they resumed play. The trees yes. came down. Thank God nobody was hurt. Really? The Ugh. suspension of play, that lightning strike that occurred at three 30 had the effect of getting enough people cleared out that those trees coming down, they would have hit people if it had been, you know, uh, two hours earlier. How how many times did we walk by that this week? I mean, I just... I know. And I don't know what they could have done because there was a heck of a lot more moisture that fell after that. So uh, that was a very, very, very scary moment. And it got me thinking about insurance policies and liability. (laughs) But boy, am I... You're a businessman. That's how a businessman thinks. I'm just glad it didn't. It did occur to me after seeing those go down, that that as Rom and Kepka stepped up to the 17th tee, if one more tree had fallen and mashed those guys, Phil would have won on a technicality. <laughs> Phil, Phil Mickelson. Well, uh, shall we move into the Phil Mickelson portion of this show? Are we ready to, to, to go in down this weird rabbit hole, buddy? We just have to. We, we just have to. And I think let's start because it's so tainted by the live stuff, by the all black with the hi-fi with two Ys logo stuff. But let's start and just say this man has absolutely wowed us after 50 years old. He deserves all of the flowers for whatever has gotten him to this point. There were muted receptions to him on the greens. He stayed out of the limelight this week. It was super weird that Amanda didn't interview him in Butler Cabin, and I can only assume that was his choice. He kept his head down and just played golf, which, boy, if he'd done that for the last couple of years. So there's going to be a lot of stones. The whole thing is colored by that, but we cannot deny what we saw, which is 
one of the greatest golfers of all time, over 50 years old, pulling off a feat that, by the way, his younger counterpart started the day at, you know, younger, more, quote unquote, great, greater counterpart, Tiger Woods, started the day by withdrawing because of his injuries. Phil Mickelson uh, absolutely wowed me today. He deserves all of the credit for this performance. He is the oldest top five finisher in Masters history. And what he's done is bookend his oldest major champion uh, status that he got by way of winning the PGA Championship at Kiowa. And, and now here we are with everything that's transpired between you know May of 2021 and April of 2023. Three lifetimes worth of stuff have happened to that dude. And, and by he the looks way, like he's wearing it. Yes. <laughs> you made the point. Like we've seen his body go through three transformations, at least three transformations that look like he, he's, you know, uh, three, three different lifetimes, but it's aged him. Let's just say that it's aged him. And, and, and some, something it's, yes. yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, to blame him for that. He's gone through a lot and it looks now like he's wearing it, but uh, you know, I hope this helps uh, him smile a bit more. Well, he, here's the thing. And and Brendan Porath, our buddy, uh, wrote for the for the fried egg. He was on the pod a couple of weeks ago, but he did he, he did a post about Phil and what he observed because Brendan was on the grounds this week and and did some reporting on the experience that Phil seemed to have in the dinner and the overall uh, you know sort of persona that Phil had on the grounds. Obviously, a marked departure from the Phil that is kind of one of the mayors of, of, uh, Augusta national town, right? Yes. A, 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 an outgoing, big swinging D, uh, you know, I love this place. I own this place kind of, kind of fella within, within, you know, reason I don't, I'm not disparaging Phil for, you know, having a certain comfort level there that, that comes along with a multiple green jacket winner. Um, the, the, the report that, that, that Brendan, shared with us. It was, it was quiet Phil all week. He was dead silent at the dinner. People went up to him, you know, wished him good luck, made, made small talk, but Phil himself was not, you know, trying to involve himself and the way he conducted himself on the grounds, not looking for interaction, no, uh, 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 interview press interview. He was, he had the opportunity to do a press interview on Tuesday. It's, it's been reported. Um, and he chose for sure not to, now he is on my television right now, so there is a a press. He's participating in the post, um, uh, you know, tournament uh, yeah. press conference, and it'll be fascinating Good. to hear. We'll see. We'll see what he says. But yep. he he made a concerted effort, if a contrived one, to be quiet this week and to send a message, and he did it. I mean, he did it. So he, here's what I think. I want to bounce this off of you. Here's what I think goes hand in hand with that. He's inside the confines of perhaps the most comfortable golf course, golf venue, golf experience that a professional player of his stature could hope for. It's it's unparalleled in terms of the the comforts that that place and that the the protocols, the the, the overall approach, what they um, you know provide for the players in terms of a respite, and it's a respite from from regular way, uh, professional golf in, in many respects, they're away from the crowds. The people inside the ropes are limited. Uh, mm -hmm. if you don't want to have interaction with the crowd, you don't have to, and you could just sort of channel your own Augusta national, uh, inner, inner picture. So I think he did that. He drew upon all that muscle memory and that's the thing that, that he so successfully translated into this amazing outcome that that's my that's the house thesis what do you think about that yeah i i think that's it's the only explanation i mean he gained eight shots uh total today it's four and a half on approach i mean it, that's after a third round which admittedly was was a bit split up but where he lost a stroke and a half on the field and his putting wasn't great i mean he didn't even putt that great this week there was just something about coming back to these confines after the break, that that just was a reset for him. And it felt a little forced. But I think, it, how could it be anything other than weird, given all that has gone on? And 
it's 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 weird to see him riding or dying for the high flyers. It just is. It's weird to see his physical weight. It's weird to see him popping thumbs up, but not fully engaging with the crowd. It was also weird to see a 50 plus year old playing badass golf the way that he did. And so again, I, I think we can throw all the stones and he will go down as the most controversial figure in the history of golf because on the one hand, he created this mess. And on the other hand, he created this mess. And you have there are there are gonna <laughs> be great. two two sides of this coin always. Uh and and you know, the, the Machiavellians of us will say that the ends justify the means and that Phil deserves an enormous amount of credit. You know, others will say that Phil is the reason for the animosity and some of the fissures in a game that really ought to be united because it's just not that big except on days like this. But this was a week where it felt like the golf world came together in a really meaningful and important way. I know that Greg Norman was kicking around Baker's Bay. I got that intel uh, along with a few other live players who were not in it, but it sure felt like the live guys who were here and the PGA Tour guys who were here were interested in the Masters and not the dog shit that has been paralyzing golf for the past two years. I'm so glad that you uh, made that observation because I share that sentiment and, and, you know, in terms of, of the, 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 <laughs> the emblems and the, what he's wearing with the hat and everything, it, it could just as easily be a Japanese company that I'm not familiar with. Right. It could, yes. it could be a, any player sponsored by any company that I might not have heard of before. But the thing that I know for sure is that there wasn't a, a single player. Now, 12 of the 18 live guys made the cut. So, you know, kudos to the quality of play. Kudos yes. to those. You know, we've put there, to there bed. Was... We've put to bed this myth that fifty-four holes and the infrequency of play. Again, there are good guys over there. There might not be the best guys, but when guys over there are playing well and beating some of the other guys over there, it's an indication that they're playing well. And Patrick Reed was third, and Brooks Kepka won last week. Don't care that the course was an Orlando Muni course. They came here. They acquitted themselves incredibly well. Doesn't mean we're going to watch this product. Doesn't mean we care no. about what's happening over at Live. And I actually think that if Brooks had won, it might have been bad for Live because it's very clear that he enjoys playing against the best in the world. But that we can save that for another day. What we know is those guys are ballers and they came over and they balled. Yeah, Patrick Reed, Brooks Kepka. Phil Mickelson, all guys uh, with major championships, those belts around their waist, they showed like they understand what it is to come compete in a major championship. The storyline of Live versus PGA Tour, irrelevant to this Masters. Only yep. a curious footnote, but what we had was former champions, former major winners coming out, showing out, reminding us of, of what they're capable of. Everybody except for DJ. Come on, DJ. I had yeah. DJ, you know, sort of penciled in. He he hit eject at some point in during that that third round. Now he came back. I actually wondered if he was gonna uh, talk about his own plantar fasciitis at some point and walk his ass uh, off the golf course between the third round and the fourth round. But he he, he, you he, and I stood he didn't finish four. DFL. I we know. stood behind four on Wednesday and we walked watched him hit yank two balls super left. Uh, Patrick Reed then showed us the incredible skill of his short wedge game. DJ's seemed a little off, seemed like DJ's put on a little dad punch in, in, in a, in a lovely kind of, you know, love it up kind of way. Maybe, maybe mowed through the Easter basket this morning and it's fine. If you get the bit, what does he care? He goes home to kids and his wife and a big ass boat and a paycheck. It seems that that's how he feels. There's something else in it for Phil. And for me, house, the way the, the place that I will throw the stones is I think that the live bots are going to go nuts about how this vindicates and you got three out of the five. My response is it shows you what a little bit of a joke live is because it's not competitive enough to pull this out of Phil Mickelson. Yeah, it's in Phil. We have seen nothing since he went over there and it's in Phil. Nothing. He's capable of doing this. So what's happening over there? 
that these guys aren't playing at their best in that situation. And I'll tell you what it is. They've already been paid. The carrot is behind them or in their pocket or in their stomach, not sitting out in front of them. At the Masters, the tradition, the history, the competition, all of it still matters. And lo and behold, it brings out people's best. I think this was actually the best case for the PGA Tour that we could have seen. I do wonder yet what stories are, are, are to come as it relates to one, Mr. Brooks Kepka, because we, we were reminded, and I think he was reminded, he, he likes the limelight. He, like, Heck yeah, he, he likes being on TV. He likes, he likes giving interviews. I Jenna li- I likes Jenna the par like, three. Jenna likes it. Oh, outfit. she likes it. Yeah, they like it. They yes. like it. They, so yes. that's a, and I like that's seeing a story. Not me too. But I'm we, not we clicking like over to the CW them. to watch it. No. Well, because it's not this. This is different. This is real. There are genuine yes. stakes. There's history at stake, which is yes. why it's, it's cool, notwithstanding, to use Fred Couples' term, what a nutbag Phil is. He still channeled that 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 champion blood and that, that's badass i'm happy to take the l I, i'm gonna i lost a big chunk of money but i won a big chunk on john rom so it's okay you also yes you did and 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 you also knew uh very well to, to move to somebody else who took the big check that that brooks kepka was going to miss this cut and, you, and, and you mean bryson dechambeau uh, excuse me yeah the bryson dechambeau <laughs> was was going to miss this cut we we, we called brooks Brooks playing decently well. There would have been something wonderfully serendipitous about Brooks getting the jacket from Scotty. I went back last night and watched the second episode of Full Swing on Netflix, which is the one dedicated yes. to Brooks Kepka, where he actually says, watching Scotty Scheffler win in Phoenix, I can't compete with this guy. Scotty can go out and shoot a 63 any day. And that clearly, in the midst of his own injury and insecurity and self-doubt, is the reason that he went to live. There would have been something very interesting and, and dramatic to see Scotty put that jacket on, on Brooks. And, and the, the, the historical lore of him winning his fifth, that list is 12 guys. I mean, it's incredibly short, and you forget just how important this guy is to the game. So I come away from this feeling like John Rahm deserved it. I think, I think of John Rahm as a Masters champ. Uh, I, I'm happy to see him in it. It clearly was his year. I just wish we were, got to see more Brooks Kepka. I fell a little bit back in love with him this year, just watching the grit and watching him play hard golf, even today as he battled a swing from the first shot in the final round. Now, I do want to ask you this. He's really struggled in final rounds of late. This has become a bit of a pattern since his PGA Tour win. I think it's really hard to calculate because the injury was on both sides, but he had trouble in 2019. He had trouble today. Uh, He had trouble in 2021 in the final pairing with Phil. Yes, if exactly where Phil somehow rope doped him, and, and I Dog thought, I, I, yep, and I wondered whether that was an advantage to Rom or to Brooks today. And we, I, I will be interested to hear the story because if you remember, Phil slowed down play pretty dramatically in that final round on purpose. And today, Rom didn't actually have to do that. Cantley did the legwork for him. <laughs> yeah, Cantley can't, can't really did the legwork for him. But but f- what we know from the Netflix series is that there is a vulnerability and a fragility to Brooks, which no man wants to admit, but every man is. <laughs> and it comes out in different ways. It comes out with Max Homa, who we can talk about, uh, had, a, had a very tough Sunday today and, and lines him up in a very interesting position as he thinks about where he goes from here, looking towards the, the U.S. Open in L.A. But, but, but nevertheless... You know, Kepka has that fragility. And I do you think on net, Kepka comes away from this week and in his heart of hearts, when he's honest with himself tonight, or when he's back sitting on that swing and Jenna's going through her closet tomorrow, does he think this was a great step forward? Or is there a voice in his head that says, You blew it in the final round again? Oh, no, 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 no. No. Athletes don't think like that. He says. I'm back, baby. Here okay. I am. He, okay. he knows how good he feels. And he really did get the very best possible, not only the late early, but like everything that went along with late early, the comfortable playing conditions, the um, the, 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 the behavior, the predictability of what his schedule was going to be. There was very little disarray yeah. other yeah. than the 30 holes on Sunday. 
And what he says is, I, you know, I went hand 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 combat in for for thirty holes with, with this dude, and yep. you know, this dude is supposed to be what? What's Rom now? Number one in the world? Well, yes. He, here I am, baby. Here I am. Well, that's great. If he takes that away, we're we're you know, as he said to Amanda, I fully expect to be there for the next three. He said that like we would know. He didn't use the word major. He didn't. T- we all know what Brooks Kepka is here for. It's to fill those voids in his trophy case that he sort of, you know, lamented to his mother were empty. I think you're right that he comes away from this week and goes, I got more coming. So the yeah, only question yeah. in Brooks' well, mind now is, what's the best place for him to get ready to go win those? Is it on live? Is there a chance he comes back to PGA Tour? Is it even possible? Who knows? We'll save that drama for yeah, another day. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Well, um, we, we've gone solid half hour. I, I, oh, I think boy. it's about the right time. We got to talk about Tiger. Um, it was not easy to watch. You were skeptical all week long. You you especially were skeptical in view of the forecast, the combination of the cold weather and the rain. It was literally the thing that made it not possible for Tiger to compete. I think we will look back and say, what an, uh, a terrific achievement continuing the, the cut made streak because that was very much in jeopardy Saturday morning. Uh, he bogeyed 17, bogeyed 18. He was inside the cut line, bogeyed those two holes, and we were all very nervous, you know, watching. That was the real drama of Saturday morning. Will Tiger continue his, his made cut streak? Uh, and the broadcast, to its credit, you know, we had a genuine uh, uh, cut sweat, a gen- like a real, we've been yes. begging for it for years, right, Nate? Yeah, we got a cut cam, baby. <laughs> yeah. And they gave us and the only, guys. We need yeah. here are the two players that can move the cut, and here's yes. what they have to do. And we yes. got to track it, and it was like real drama. I couldn't have enjoyed it more. It was Sung JM and Justin Thomas. Thomas coming up the stretch. They had to at least one of them had to uh, bogey, or maybe I don't remember exactly the the particulars of yes, no, they, what they, they had they to both do. Had to back up one, and and yeah. uh, and Thomas unfortunately backed one. up so much that he missed the cut, and Sung Jae hung in there and got to play the weekend. But so uh, the the only yeah. question uh, I'll put you to you with Tiger, we don't really need to belabor it. Um, no. 
he looked he did he, you know it's a real bummer he can't walk the, the and and um his caddy joe lacava said if we could put this man in a cart and drive him around and let him play these golf tournaments he, he has the swing speed he has the accuracy he has the putting prowess he has the brain he can't walk so he really can't compete when do you think we see him next well it's hard to fault him because the four of us, you, me, Podfather Bill Simmons, and Dave Chang, dragged our asses around that course, and we didn't feel great either. I mean, I didn't. I think you were on six hundred milligrams of adv or of ibuprofen uh, by True the time story. it was all said and done. So this is the hardest course to walk around. But you know, Riviera's hilly, and any golf course that's worth its salt has a lot of elevation changes, uh, unless it's over in Europe. Usually, I. This is just something we have to get used to. And and as as a golf, uh, I'll say it again, as a golf fandom, we've got to start listening to Tiger. I think we got accustomed to not necessarily believing him because he, like Brooks, in the early part of his career, refused to show any kind of vulnerability. And he would say, well, I'm bringing my A game. And we'd be like, yeah, all right, whatever. You know, we sort of came, he is telling us the truth. He's not sure how much longer he's going to be able to do this. The things that he did to achieve greatness have severely limited what he's going to be able to do in the later stages of his career. He gave us 2019 at this course. I don't think there's a Phil at Kiowa uh, you know, surprise coming down the pipes. He has too much damage to his body. And so yeah. I think we have to appreciate him for what he is. The thing that this man has that again, Phil probably doesn't, Sandy Lyle probably doesn't, Jack maybe didn't, is so much pride that he will not come out here and be just an ambassador for the game doing a hit and giggle unless Charlie's involved. He's not going to play that often because he's so freaking competitive. That streak that made him so great will not allow him to, to put video footage on the internet that is anything less than him having a chance to win this. And that's the part that hurts because I don't want to let go of Tiger. But if we take a step out to 30,000 feet and look at the guy who put the jacket on the guy who won the jacket today, yes, Seve was fueled uh, romp. Everybody who played this tournament today benefits from what they saw Tiger Woods do has been inspired by him. I think we're going to have to start appreciating that memory more than these moments of false hope because Tiger Woods is not the same and it's not going to come back. We're, we're going to be lucky to see him again. I think the next time we see him is probably the U.S. Open. Okay, so that you answered it. We're not going to see him in Rochester, New York at the PGA Championship at Oak Hill. You, you think he skips the PGA Championship? He's going to have to get ready in four weeks. I hope we see it, but I have a sense that that may not be in the cards if he wants to take care of his body. He was hurting badly this week. Badly. Um, real quick preview of the, of the U.S. Open. We have some other topics to hit here, but how is LACC North flat, elevated? What are the, what are the, what's the walk like? LACC is worse than Augusta in terms of its hilliness wow. and its elevation changes. Really? Yes, it is. Oh, my God. Okay. Th there is more up and down on almost every hole. I am more tired walking, and I have played that course 35, 40 times. I am more tired walking LACC North than I am walking Augusta. Okay. All right. Um. Well, we'll uh, thoughts and prayers between now and the U.S. Open but I think Tiger Woods. I think that's why he maybe takes the PGA off. I, I don't okay. think he well, feels like sense. in four weeks' time he's going to be ready to go win a major. I think he can talk they himself into the idea in eight weeks' time he might be. They said he has plantar fasciitis, and and uh, I don't think it's called fasciitis, but uh, that's what they kept repeating it that that enunciation plantar on television. <laughs> that's a different show altogether. Uh, speaking of that, let's go ahead and talk about uh, most disappointed. Yeah. Um, we know the name that, that leads that list. Uh, There's three of them was, for me. Yeah, There's I have three. three as well. This is great. Okay, so you do your three and let's see if, if we're unanimous. Go ahead. Yeah, in, in order for me, it is Rory, it is Max Homa, and it is Justin Thomas. Wow, Okay. So well, I didn't have one of those guys. Go ahead. Let's we're we're in lockstep on Rory and JT. Uh, 
go we we so we can I think probably pretty quickly dispense. We'll, we'll make the case for Rory. Yeah, I mean this is this is his white whale. Uh, he was playing the best that he has coming into a Masters. This was his chance to win this tournament, complete the Grand Slam. Uh, every other great player in the world, with the exception of Max and JT, showed out at this event. And he was a no-show. And he just, he got off as he has always in these tournaments to very slow start, couldn't recover. Uh, he's got a lot on his shoulders. I think it's time for Rory to pass off the phantom commissioner job to somebody else and let him focus on golf. Uh, this one just is in between the ears. It's not really in the game. The game was certainly good enough coming in and he just didn't do it. Okay. Um, I'll I'll do a quick version of JT because you and I had a spirited conversation yesterday. We were trying to get to the to the bottom of of our our, our feels as it related to JT's performance. He shot six over on the on the back nine uh, and and missed the cut. He was two under uh, at one point um, yep. coming into the to the back, and then um, you know just down the stretch. Now it, that six over happened to coincide with the worst weather that the guys actually played in of the entire tournament. And so the the challenge is, do you say it's a one-off, it's a thing where, where for whatever reason, JT couldn't calibrate his own physical comfort with the discomfort of the situation. He just couldn't find the swing. The swing abandoned him. He couldn't re recover it. And, you know, um, he, 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 He's just not a, a, a mutter. He just couldn't handle the, the conditions. If you're if we're being sort of gracious and generous about it, do you share that sentiment? Or do you have a different view? I, I hope that you're right. I think I think JT is a tunnel vision player. And at the PGA last year, he stayed in the tunnel and played his ass off and made a shit ton of birdies and snatched that trophy away from Mito as soon as Mito tripped and and and, and won the playoff against Will Z. I felt like on the back nine, and maybe you put some of this on bones, that he was in a tunnel, not really backing out to say, okay, I'm in a war. I just got to survive. I'm going to hit this ball to the middle of the green and not try to move up or down, the, well, not down, obviously, not try to move up the leaderboard, but I'm just going to try to get in right now at even par and play as safely and defensively as I possibly can. It just felt like the same instinct that puts the guy on heaters took him out of this tournament on that back nine. And I, I'm unclear as to why Bones didn't step in and just throttle him back. He wasn't going to win this week. He wasn't playing well enough. But let's be clear, if he gets in the house at two under, he could have won this golf tournament because he could have gone on a heater today. He could have done a Spiethian nine birdies without the bogeys that Spieth put together and found himself in the mix on this thing. So I, I think it was a strategic tactical error. Some of what makes JK, JT great also sometimes gets him lost in, in the, in the plot. Okay. You do max and then I'll do my, my, my third player and, and my own personal take on max max just did what he does, did what he does in, in majors. Like I'm not that disappointed in his performance. He's still the same guy. We're going to look at each major as he comes into it. And and tries to show us that he's a different guy because of his performance. You know, he's he's really elevated himself into this conversation of a top five guy on the PGA Tour. He just doesn't have any success in any major. He showed up in this major. We thought that maybe he would have some success, and he didn't. So that that's my sizing it up. Let me hear why you were disappointed in him. Well, I, I'm disappointed because Max Homa is a top five golfer in the world if you look at the last 18 to two months of of results. Full stop. He's got six wins. He's he's got two in, in this official season. Six top tens. I mean, this it is time for Max Homa to be the player that he is in a major championship. Max knows that. He's spoken about it for months. The win at Napa is kind of nice at this point, but it's not enough for where he wants to be. And I, I, I feel badly for Max because I know that he was measuring himself. Now, he's met, he wants to measure himself against majors. He's playing the par three with JT and Spieth. He's on the President's Cup and probably the Ryder Cup teams. He wants to be in that big boy club, but the truth is to be in that big boy club, you got to show it in the majors. And every yeah, other big boy in, in the big boy club 
showed out in this major with a few exceptions or has done it before. And for whatever reason, this is still in between his ears and coming home to LACC for the U.S. Open, as we talked about. He's got the Wells Fargo between now and then, which he's won at Quail Hollow, which maybe will give him that confidence back. But this was the test to see, okay, now I've won six times. Am I that guy? Am I ready? And he shot six over on Sunday today. You know what we talked about when we discussed what we observed of him on uh, Wednesday? It was the the, the fairway rolling show where we got to to watch some of the guys out on the golf course. And by the way, people were in the timeline saying that I said bad stuff about Kepka, and I may very well have earlier in the week. Once we saw him on Wednesday, nope. it's the reason that we walk and and watch the guys. I said on the pod that I am betting Brooks Kepka, and I bet and him a, ser- a number of different ways. I saw uh, because it because of what we saw and how 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 good he looked. But in any event, what we said about Max was maybe this isn't the right major for him to to try and get that breakthrough because there's too much other stuff going on. It's a whole thing. The Masters is not where you just put your head down and you're in your hotel room or your Airbnb and you're with one other player or two and it's quiet and you go from spot to spot. The Masters is a is a is an experience. And he yep. experienced it and he deserved to experience it. It's the part three. It's it's the family. It's, you know, the way that everybody treats you. And it's the wrong one if you're looking for for a, a breakthrough for a guy who sort of fits the bill of what you're describing. Look, in the best possible scenario, this takes the air out of the balloon a bit of expectations for Max. And he can so come it could be back a good thing. to being a little bit commando. Not everybody's going to be like, I'm betting Max coming into L.A. Max, Max. Like the internet love for him. He's on the internet. We know he reads his comments in ways that I don't think Rom does, right? So (laughs) the downside of reading your comments is you're going to see it and hear it and you got to deal with it. And there's been a lot of love for Max, which has been deserved. I hope this maybe helps him change his approach to L.A. He should come in. He should have more fun if he can. Uh, Still a serious approach for sure, but, but not, not put as much pressure on himself in the way that I think you and I observed it on Wednesday in that practice round. He was dropping multiple balls. It just looked like he was treating this like it was a bigger thing for him than maybe you or I felt like it needed to be. Well, we've been going for some 50 minutes and I'm going to share with you who I was most disappointed in. Uh, and it's not Scotty Scheffler. So 50 minutes into the show, we finally discuss, we finally mentioned by name last year's master's winner he showed us that he, he, he was just having a terrible time putting. Couldn't it never putt. got any better. That's it. And that, that happens. Won this that golf happens sometimes. He really, have the ball won. striking was there, right? I mean, House, it, <laughs> I mean, for, for the week, Scotty Scheffler was 50th in putting, and that's only because today he had a great round and was 13th. If we'd measured it after the third round, he was dead last. For the event, he was first in shots gained approach, which Justin Ray Amazing. told us is the key. He was fourth in shots gained off the tee. It was the putter, Amazing. the putter, and the putter this week that kept him from winning a second green jacket. It's why it's so hard to repeat. It's literally the thing. When you look at all the the the, the matrix of... of Oh, you know, how how are we going to try and, and pinpoint the potential contenders? You never take a guy to repeat because it's, it's so impossible. And the thing that can escape you immediately, listen to the quality of the ball striking, those stats you just read. Insane a level of talent. And the putter went cold and that's it. <laughs> we finished. Do you think it finish? was the cheeseburger sliders on Tuesday night? <laughs> it definitely was not. He has a real comfort zone. That was part of the comfort zone. Yeah. That he ha- had for himself, but where where did Scotty finish the tournament? I mean, he, you know, he showed out quite quite well. Yeah, Look no, at no, him. T- he, he finished T ten. T ten, of course, he did. You can't keep him yeah. down. He 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 was two under today. Down. I mean, he he played terrific. Yeah, this is a, this is the second best golfer in the world. An absolute hoss. He played he An putt horribly hoss. and finished tenth at the Masters. Not Who the guy I'm most disappointed was your most in. disappointing guy. It's just uh, uh, Jason Day, and it's not oh, a criticism of no. Jason Day. It's no, just because we bet on him. Yeah, that's all. I we we <laughs> my favorite parlay of the week was Jason Day top twenty with a hole in one. We didn't get a hole in one. Thank God we didn't. We didn't. That, the the juice there was 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 way too rich for for my blood. Yeah, no yeah, hole in yeah. one and no Jason Day top twenty. We didn't get the Jason Day top twenty because he, he shot, shot an 80, eighty today. El Ocho. <laughs> so the marathon got to Jason today's Jason Day, 
and my the reason I'm disappointed, and it's it's you know it's just I like having him back around the hoop. That's a Me major too. winner. That guy adds class to to what's happening. He's he's like you know kind of an Adam Scott vibe as well, right? When Absolutely. those guys, those elder statesmen, are at these event, these majors playing well, you know, they they have the opportunity to become uh, mentors in their in their own right. I like them to show out to play through. And we have a certain, you know, expectation of those guys when they're in form that they're going to well, be. We have an expectation that they're not going to lose us money. It's fine. I'm I'm just disappointed. I I like it. I, I like too. it better when he's playing better. Justin Rose played played pretty damn good. Adam Scott played pretty damn good. Like that's yes. I, that's good. That's good for the game, right? Let's have our elder statesmen and our, and our up and comers. Uh, yes. You know, in, in in this this meld right now where. Golf is is all time competitive, and it's it's really fun to watch and get into. We're gonna finish with this here on the fairway rolling show slash podcast. Most promising. So pick a guy that you know played over the the course of of, of the tournament, either met or exceeded your expectation. You feel happy about where they are with their game and what the rest of of the season portends for this player we'll we'll each do one guy we might have the same guy well you get to go first so that i don't steal your thunder well well of course you know who i'm going to say and it's probably because it's easter and he channeled everything that that easter uh delivers to him in in his golf life he's clearly <laughs> a holy soldier jordan spieth went out jordan and shot 66 spieth. today an incandescent six under surpassed only by 52 year old Phil Mickelson. God bless him. Keeping it uh, uh, up for the, for the old guys who knows what's in his system, but uh, Jordan Spieth, you know, a, still a youth and look, nine know birdies. What he does he birdied half the holes on a Sunday <laughs> master round, half the holes. Yeah. I mean, if, if he hadn't played like such a donkey on three, I mean, th he had a absolutely had a 63 in him. Yeah. And, and, and the, so the, the round three seventy six that was, you know, split over two days, uh, we say all oh, that he was, he was a, a, a weather victim. Otherwise 69, 70, 66, well under par. The other three rounds you, and you come out on kid. Sunday, you, co you come out on a Sunday at the masters and drop a 66. You're still, you're still doing good things, Jordan Spieth. I still believe in you, baby. I, I, I do, too. Right. I, I do, too, and I loved it. I, look, I think I've got two names that I think okay. we just got to stay attention to. Victor Hovland was wonderful this tournament. Man, and really good. Sa save the, the short game around the green was excellent. Round two was not excellent. It was another one of those suddenly lost almost two and a half strokes around the green. But we watched him save a bunch of pars you and I did. Uh, out there in person and and even in round three and round four, you know he gained strokes uh, around the green. He struck the ball well. I, I, I'm excited about what's to come for for Victor Hovland. still has a little more work to do. Don't think he's gonna get washed away by the greatness of the five to eight guys who are clearly ahead of him. It still feels like one of these is gonna drop to him in a week when he can putt. And the second one for me is cam young. i I just think, this guy is an absolute hoss. He finished T7 alongside Victor here. When I think back to that eagle on 18 at the British last, uh, you know, last July, and then I think to the way that he played this tournament, having not played it very often, this is a guy who is going to win a major or two. And, and it may be the first tournament he wins because he still he's finished second so many times. He still didn't have a win under his belt. He's ready to do it, and he's definitely a top 10 guy anytime we come into these majors just because of the all-around parts of his game. The funny thing with him is now, because of this performance, he, he fits virtually every metric that you look for for a potential Masters winner because he's now... He, he missed the cut last year, so you, he didn't make any of the criteria. Now, no. this top 10... The, the performance under the thing with with Cameron Young that to me he the firepower what his arsenal mm. is a different arsenal than, than other guys what he's capable uh, of showing and 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 you know he is clearly not overwhelmed by Augusta National <laughs> he he can yeah. he can move the ball around at this golf course so great I I totally agree with both of those guys and I think like all all, all three of those guys, going forward 
are guys that I wouldn't be shocked to see win the, the rest of the majors this season. Maybe, maybe not because John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy will want to have some things to say about that. But well, that's it. Any one of those three guys winning would not uh, surprise me. I um, want to make sure that we touch on the afterthought guys because we touched on them in, in the preview. I'm talking. Uh, we we already but... briefly touched on on Cantley. Uh, so now now our it's just our list of guys that yeah um, best to not win a major. It's Xander. It's Patrick, and it's Top Gun, Tony. Um, I guess we'll just keep waiting. Yeah, we're going to keep waiting. This was a not particularly inspired performance from Tony. Just didn't have it this week relative to the other guys. You know, I think um, Morikawa, you and I go back and forth and say, he's obviously won two majors. Is he a guy? Is he just a guy? <laughs> top 10 again. Two years in a row, he's been in the top 10 here, and he didn't do anything particularly great this week. So he feels like one of those guys who's always going to be around the hoop, and we just have to wait for the heater to check in like it did in his two major championships. Yeah, that, that That's fine. Well, big thanks to all the birdie buddies, all the eagle enthusiasts, all the par-saving pals out there. We had a hell of a week. I am still recovering from our actual experience boots on the ground at Augusta National. Thanks to everybody who came up and said hello to me. Hello to Nate. We had uh, a really fun time with the Podfather and with our beloved pal, David Chang. Um, we had a nice contest going between who would be more recognized between those two guys. Uh, I don't I don't want to share the results. I'm not going to share no, the results. It was, it, it it was, could be it an was ongoing kind of you're in my game. They didn't even really it know it was happening. It, we had it, fun it counting was, hellos. It was for our, our own entertainment and maybe our gambling purposes. But uh, enormous thanks to everybody who made that trip go so great. Thanks to FanDuel, of course. Thanks to the Green Jackets who were so cordial to us that we got to shake hands with and, and meet and chat with a little bit. And, and the, our media friends that we saw there, it was a tremendous week. I wish we could run it back, not next week, but in, in, in a couple of weeks. Thanks to our producer, Eduardo Campo. Thanks to everybody that helped make the show go great. Uh, we are back this week because there's more professional golf, and it's actually a sneaky, fun tournament. The Elevated Heritage event, up, baby. Uh, yeah, so we're going to have some, some – every eligible golfer that wants to play is committed to the field. Uh, so we're going to have a bunch of top 100 guys in the field in South Carolina. We're back Tuesday, I think we're taping, so the show should be up Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. We'll have some picks for you. And hopefully a little ROI that's similar to the ROI for this week. In the meantime, my birdie buddies, please, if you throw a peg in the ground, let's hit him straight out there. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.